Our next guest, if you guys were looking at our segments, we've got what we call the background players. And the background players, we've got Blitz and Shubo. <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on a second. Look at that. <laughs> hey, I really didn't want to mess up my, my hair. But <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> hey, it still fits, man. Is that your actual helmet? Yeah. No way. No Let me see. Let me see the back of it. Show us back here. Oh. That's oh. got TCS on it. Nice. Television camera set. I really? can see your sits at 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three of mine here, and they all have mold on the, on the leather inside. Well, I was... <laughs> Mine, go all, dig all out the, my flight suit, and they probably got rats on them. That, all, all the and stuff I was going to put my hat my on, my sundowner hat, but then again, uh, I didn't want to mess up my hair. Well, I tell you what. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, it's been a long deal to get everybody together, and Craig, uh, Eddie, can't thank you guys enough. Um, go back in time, and Michael's going to come back and join us here in a minute, but uh, while we're waiting... Uh, go back in time, and when Top Gun was filming, you were at uh, 111, if I remember right. Right. So is uh, 111 Fleet Squadron, had you already done a tour out in the fleet? We just got back about uh, a month before that. Right. I've got no sound uh, here, guys. Can anybody hear me? Yeah, yeah. we got you now. <laughs> Excellent. I can hear nothing. <laughs> so are you right. guys on headsets? Because I hear a background noise when I talk. Oh, I, yeah, we've got headsets going. I think he's <laughs> still got an issue with his. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so you were 111. Had you guys yeah, already done the a F-111 and uh, Bruce Fact Puppy, who's not here. Uh, we tried to get in touch with him, but he was my roommate on the boat. And uh, anyway, we came back from flying one day and, uh, there was a casting director or somebody from Paramount in our ready room. And uh, we went in and talked and lasted about three minutes or something like that. And I went on vacation and I drove up to Seattle where my dad lived and then uh, came back about a week and a half later and swung by my old neighborhood in Mountain View, California, which I say is uh, it used to be known for walnuts and apricots, not apple. But anyway, my friend goes and says, hey, you're in the movie. you got to be down in San Diego tomorrow. Oh, my God. So we drove down, and the next day, literally, they started kicking off um, filming, and that's when I met Eddie as well. <laughs> and it was that quick. And uh, But we didn't really know what was going on, and, Really quickly, I in the day I got had to call back to my squadron and say, uh, uh, "Excuse me, uh, I can't fly tonight." Uh, well, first of all, since we're in the movie, no. Well, we can't go flying because if we get killed, they'll lose all the footage. <laughs> you lying sack! <laughs> and the guy says, "What?" Did he believe that? Yeah, uh, no. And then he goes, he said, you didn't even get to go to Top Gun. And I go, you have a look at me. <laughs> and look at you. And anyway, okay, here's the truth. We're going to Tom Cruise's birthday party on uh, North Island at the Oak Club. And uh, I, I know I've, I've met his secretary and all that stuff. So uh, please, I've got to be off this flight schedule. So did they that let you go? Yeah, we went. That didn't it, happen anything like for me because I walked. We were in already in the ready room. The Paramount lady comes in with the PA base PAO, uh, asked us all to go into one of the briefing rooms. She took a Polaroid of each one of us and asked us like two, like a couple questions and. And you know, like, what's your call sign? How did you get it? And then it was like six weeks later that we got a message from the base PAO 
uh, or the base CO that says the following named officers and enlisted will be um, basically at uh, Paramount's beck and call, uh, and you'll be on leave or liberty. So they gave us basket leave or something. Yeah. For and you guys don't know, basket leave is you put in a leave chit, it just sits in the guy's basket, but you don't get charged for it. Thank you. I didn't know that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's basically, and we didn't think, you know, it was going to be a big movie. You know, we just thought, yeah, it's going to be some, you know, class B uh, movie that that might, you know, we might go see, that some of our friends might go see. But, and so, they just let us know when to be there. And it was a lot of dawn and a lot of dusk because that was the way the light was going to be better. Well, to start, what was your first scene that you guys did? The, the, ready the hangar. The hangar. The one that right. uh, that uh, you – yeah, that one. I love that was the first time I ever sat on the back end of a Tomcat. And we were, and we were telling t- Tony Scott that – this, we don't do this. But then they came up to us with ca- a camera, and he actually uh, honed in on her face and then backed off and said, smile a little bit, and we did. But uh, we, this was really kind of crazy. Taka, sorry, bring that back up. So talk us through who's actually in there. I mean, you're there with the shades. And yep. sitting next to you, who we got? That's Bruce Fett, puppy. Yeah. And, and then, I've got a picture of puppy. And, that's, uh, and you're looking at Flex DeStaffney's rear end there, and then uh, uh, John Semkin, who's the coordinator with uh, Hollywood uh-huh. Paramount. And that's uh, Heater. Heater. Yeah, Heater. Heater. And, then, yep. and then I'm on the other side of the tail. Yeah, that's you, isn't it, Shiva? Yeah. Now we've got another picture. You sent me fish through, Craig, where you've actually yeah. got Puppy kind of like taking a nap across the bat. That's yeah, awesome, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wish he could be. He's alive. He just stays offline for some. I, I can understand the reasons. Well, look look at the back there. He, he went and led some panel. significant airstrikes, so he's kind of wanted to be off the map. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, That's is like- that? You've got the fuel dump right below the coffee cup, right? Is that the fuel dump right there? Yep. Yep. And then tail hook down below that. That's a nice shot. Really is. And that flag looked great. It covered the entire, almost the entire uh, uh, scene. And it was transparent and flapping in the breeze. But we were never brief at all what was really going to happen. It just went. So you guys were just sitting out there. How long did it take to shoot that entire hangar scene? And how many times did you have to stop filming because an aircraft was passing by? I don't know. They did it in a or couple hours. they suspend hours, operations. Yeah, it was about two or three hours. Yeah. Not in, in the scene. We couldn't hear what anybody was yeah. saying either. So here's Kelly McGillis and... Uh, um, Michael Ironside and talking, and we couldn't hear anything. They were just oh, really? moving around. Yeah. And did you? Uh, they they didn't give you a script at all and say, "Hey, this is what's going to be happening here." So you just kind of like they no, never gave us a script in any never. scene that we had. But what we did a lot is like stand around, act like we're chewing gum, and go, <laughs> "What?" Well, the- and, and do stuff like that. When, and there's one scene when we're in the tax trailer where um, Eddie's sitting in the back. Yeah, and I'm I'm way in the right. There's another scene, though, in the tax trailer where I'm up to the far right. And uh, no, maybe it's the one in the uh, office. And it looks like my hand is on Val Kilmer's head. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up and listen to what they're saying. Skipper's talking. <laughs> I was looking for that picture. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, it was when, um, yeah, Tom Skerritt introduced himself. Right. Oh, in, in the ready room. That was room. the ready room. Right. Yeah, yeah it was in yeah. the ready oh, that's, room. Yeah, that's the first classroom scene, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Day, day and one, so what was, he was walking in. 
And what was the first scene that they filmed? Was the hangar scene? And then did they backtrack and film the ready room scene when you guys were in the back and yeah. they did the plaque? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The top, the top Gun plaque? That was in my, literally, VF-111 spaces. Oh, was it? They did that. And my name's on that plaque. Did you That's get to right. keep Yeah, I've got that. That plaque is in... Uh, wasn't the QBO club, but it's now in Pensacola. No, not that. The big yellow one with the, <laughs> that with, sundowner with the sundowners. Outside oh, yeah. Up there? yeah, yeah. No, that's that's my that's my uh, top taco golden taco <laughs> award that we give out for mentors um, with the RTAG program. The big yeah, one that, that was, has uh, that yeah. that scene. This was, on at least I could walk down to the scene. With my coffee cup, with a full cup of coffee, so I I enjoyed that one and sitting in a nice seat instead of standing around in the in the sun baking. Oh, well, that was the back of an F fourteen. Standing outside around. A well, you guys, you're talking about the hangar scene. You guys were in uh, inside, right? Get a little breeze. Oh, I was talking. I was talking about that scene that we shot about eight times. Uh, just walking from the flight line. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that's. I uh, wasn't that's in that he, one. he couldn't get back. He wouldn't engage in him and. Um, oh, yeah, God, the set but that guy was wearing yeah. a sundowner helmet. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah he was sundowner. wearing a sundowner hat, wasn't he? Yeah, helmet. Yeah, colors. Yeah, I bet that was hot. So you uh, showed up at the club on uh, on that night. You had double salt rings on the uh, on the fart oh, sack. Yeah. Yeah, because you got all your gear us. on too. Well, and feet were killing us. If you're sitting out there standing on that flight line, steel-toed boots and and just wearing neck stuff, it I have a big um, appreciation for the grunts when they're constantly doing that stuff. That's why I joined the Navy. Not the that Navy. was the scene when uh, the guy came up behind Maverick and was saying, "Why did you do that? Why did you do that?" And he started yelling at him. Uh, that doesn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> guys. You know, in the in the hangar scene, uh, so the hangar scene classroom. Um, well, obviously, Charlie's talking to Maverick and they realize who she is for the first time. Um, he's like, "You know, what are you doing there?" And he says, "Oh." We're inverted, right? And Val Kilmer goes, bullshit. I'm led to believe that he completely improvised that and it was completely out of the blue and nobody knew what was coming because when you watch that scene back, you can see the guy sitting at the back and they're kind of like looking around and then they're looking over it like, obviously it must be the crew to think like, what do we do now? And they just <laughs> rolled with it. Did you get to actually see that? And can you confirm that that is genuinely what happened or is it just Top Gun hearsay? Don't know. <clears throat> like we had a hard time hearing all that from we were probably what ten yards away. Right. Yeah. We heard nothing. I couldn't hear a thing that was going on. That is a shame. They just said sit there and look cool. It worked. <laughs> that worked. I mean, it's some of the coolest pictures, isn't it? Yeah, right. the pictures turned out great. I mean, when you're looking at you guys just standing there and who's leaning up against the tail? Uh, That's puppy. Is that puppy? Yeah, that looks good. Who's reading the newspaper? That's kind of funny. Oh, down by the flex. Yeah, he owns the Blue Blue Angels guitar store in Pensacola. By the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. So, puppy and I used to play guitar a lot. We got like a year on the boat sitting five feet away from each other and then flew a lot too. <laughs> so we used to say when you're going through uh, Honolulu, buy a guitar because because you're coming back, you're gonna know how to play it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so you guys got to do the bar scene too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't. That one I was flying on. So you missed out there then Eddie? Yeah. Because go, that's me on the left, and there's some other picture, but I go, well, that's when I had a 34-inch 34 34 inch waist. 
<laughs> well, go through, go through. People don't realize how long it takes to do one shot. So as they're setting up for this shot, how was that for, for you guys hanging around all day? And then that, that particular scene with the singing, how many times did you have to sing? Oh, only once. But three or four different angles, doesn't it? No, not really. We only sang it once. But what really happened was in the couple hours we were waiting for it to happen, I was standing outside and a friend of mine, uh, Ted Rutherford, wacko, he, he was standing there and he laughs about it. I stood my foot up on a dash can while all these girls were standing around. I'm wearing my whites and you know, it, I was tying my shoe and the thing came down and splattered all over my whites. And I had to haul ass home and get another pair of whites and come back. And anyway, we, we were in the movie and uh, they just started singing and I knew the words. You know, really? not everybody else did. So, hey, you never close your eyes anymore. You know what's really cool about this is that when everybody goes back and watches the movie now, that the movie that they've probably watched a dozen, a couple of hundred times, and they just take it for granted that these guys are just extras in the background singing along and they're probably just hired by Paramount. These guys are going to know exactly who you were. Now, you know, when they're looking and go, oh, you know, I've seen an interview with this guy and he's actually in the Navy, he was an extra and he's actually, you know, sitting on the back of the F-14 and they were really, Navy, you know, they were Navy guys from real life. It's this that, you know, brings out the, what the Top Gun fans like really want to know because there's so much of the, they've watched the film so many times. Um, but 35 years later, we're still, you know, they'll go and watch it again and go, well, that's, you know that's Blitz and that's Shubo in there and and that guy there that that's uh, that's that's Puppy and apparently and you know there's just 35 years later everybody's still learning something new about what the movie. jumped out more than anything to me was first Michael Ironside and uh, Tom Skerritt and Tom Cruise from day one they came up and introduced themselves and they sat down with us for lunch and uh, did that every day and uh, over time everybody used to go and hang out together afterwards like they stayed in a hotel over on mission mission bay and but they go and hang out at a friend's friend of mine's house and uh we all go partying every night it was really so cool were there talking yeah. to the crew and, the and they were in tom was one of the nicest guys i've ever met in my life and tom scarrett definitely and Michael Ironside and the other folks that were, were too. I got to say, you know, Scarrett comes across as a great CEO, kind of a fatherly figure. Yep. And Ironsides, we had an exo like him and we called him Sunshine, but it's not because he blew sunshine up your rear. He was, he was <laughs> no. yeah. He was, I didn't say but, it. If but seriously, he was really nice. And I mean, um, yeah. that really is what uh, blew my mind, really. And, and Tom, Cruz really was every minute he wasn't really working or whatever. He'd just come over and say, so how's it going? And uh, like but I said, we got really invited serious. to his birthday party. But he was really serious. I mean, yeah. he, he was always, how can I do this better? Yeah. And I really respected his professionalism for his craft because I, it was amazing because he wasn't, you know, bullshitting around most of the time. He was, it was serious uh, work for him. So and that, how, I mean, how was it on the so set? Taco, go on. So. It, it was, it was, uh, the set was when we were doing scenes, everybody knew what they were supposed to do. Um, we knew that Kelly had to go to the makeup room as soon as she could got on the set because she needed it. And it was we're sweating like, pig. well, no, it wasn't that it, it was, she looked the best when the movie, when it, the film was rolling, but, uh, and, and uh, well, she also we can't, do, can't do anything about it now. No, but at the same time, the 
the um, she was one of the ones that why we had to do so many scenes. Okay, she'd redo it over and over because she forgot her lines. Okay, that, remember that's why we were waiting outside the tax trailer. They'd let us go yeah. because they were. Um, the tax trailer, by the way, is they have these pods you put on the airplanes. Uh-huh. And uh, there's one on there. We have a 30 airplane exercise and everyone has a tax pod on it. That's technical air combat training system. And out in the middle of Nevada, for example, there's a trailer and uh, people can sit in it and see where all the airplanes are and they can literally go and see what you're seeing out of the Tomcat. Uh, I got bogeys left and right, 10 left at 50 miles, uh, another one 20 right. What are you going to do? And so is that, you can see that. Is it, I'm this sorry, is, that tax trailer, is that real right that's, there? That's a real that tax trailer. That's a real tax trailer. Yes. Wow. I actually thought that was studio setup. Nope. No. Now, wow. at the screen, the wall behind Kelly there. Yeah. Is just one big huge screen, and it's just showing uh, computer. So that must be quite a big trailer then, obviously, because you've got all you guys in there, and then you've got mm-hmm. like the film crew and, and everything. All is it just it's not that big? It? It's not that big. You're we're kind of squashed in there. Yeah, you really are. I mean, if you think yeah. about the camera being right here, and then they had to put another camera up against back behind you guys to get the shot. Yeah, going down. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, How at least you had. At least you guys had AC in there. <laughs> yeah, but with mm-hmm. that, it's not designed to have that many people in there, so it wasn't. It wasn't doing the job. Right. How does that differ then? Because there's the um, the classroom scene that you guys are in. Um, obviously, it's the first day introduction. That um, obviously the camera's at the back of you guys, pointing to the front. And then the next mm-hmm. scene is pointing to the back where there's a plaque up on the wall. Is that right. two different rooms, the same room? Is it just set up? or how did It was the same room. Where? It was in the VF-111 office spaces. And they turned it into what was supposed to be a ready room. And so it had windows. It was parallel to Miramar Road in San Diego. So they managed to get everything in there in one room, taking into account you've got cameras pointed from the back. From the back yeah. running down to the front, as obviously as, as Viper's walking down, and then it spins around and it shows everybody sitting. I yeah. always like because under the impression two scenes. rooms. They they'd run two scenes. They, right. Yeah. They you know, so that was yeah, we probably did that one maybe four times. It wasn't that many times. Right. Okay. Guys, it's the volleyball scene. Really wanted to cover because there's the blue arrow, and who's that guy in the, in the dodgy cap? Yeah, that's me. Look how skinny I was. I just I got back from a cruise. So I couldn't drink a beer for four months. Sorry? <laughs> and all I could do is jump rope, because you don't want to run on the flight deck or a hangar bay. But literally, I just got back from a nine-month deployment, the Bering Sea, Sea of Japan, Indian Ocean, and uh, before that, we were at sea for four out of six months as well. As well. Was that filmed yes. right next to the BOQ there on base? Yeah, basically. Yeah, because that looks like a Q. A well, you know the story there. that they built that just for the movie. There was yeah. no yeah. volleyballs. Oh, there wasn't. Yeah. It, just got, it just got bulldozed over. Oh, so, wow. What a lot of people don't realize about this scene is that all of the long shots where you can see – all the, all the guys together doing the volleyball shots like this shot now, that that's not actually the actors that they um, Paramount hired four professional volleyball players to come right. and, sit and spend the day, or well, not sit, obviously, <laughs> to spend the day playing uh, volleyball. So everything can be shot from a, a long range, uh, you know, a wide angle like that. And then later on, they just um, shot some close-up shots of all the actual uh, actors, you know, doing the whatever their volleyball um, shots are. And then edited that all together. I was joking that I had to put on so much sunscreen that I was getting blotches all over the place because I'm sitting out there for like three hours 
and just getting cooked. Yeah, <laughs> and I was hours worth of filming to get that. What is it? A four minute scene of of some volleyball playing. And I was just in the opposite situation as Blitz because I was about to go on my second uh, uh, cruise uh, in a squadron. And that's why I had to go fly several times and miss scenes like that because I I had to go flying at night because we had to get ready to go land on the boat at night. Yeah. Right. Do your FCOPs and all that stuff, right? Yep. So you missed yeah. out sitting in the sun watching the volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, how sunburned did you get after sitting out there all day <laughs> long? Well, I'm okay if I put SPS 4 on, but if I put 8 or 15, I end up with blotches all over. And I was, man, I looked like a, a, a shoot, leopard. <laughs> yeah, so they tell you you had to uh, uh you know this is the 80s with the yeah, ankle, that's ankle right high. in front of me down to their left sitting their shirt, the arrow. shirts off catching the rays somebody told me that they took uh the corvette the admiral's corvette and he sat in a corvette all day long and had to watch the car or something crazy like that was that you michael yeah, yeah, there's, um, you know what, I can't remember the, the, the lady's name. She's not long joined um, the group on Facebook. Um, and when she answered the question, she said that she was a, an extra in there. So I messaged her and, and asked her. Um, and apparently she was paid uh, like $50 or something, whatever. Um, she was asked to sit in the Admiral's Corvette because he didn't want it leaving unattended all day. So they got her as one of the extras for that scene and they got her to sit in that Corvette all day. Mm. And I think it's just off camera because she said um, when I messaged her that at the end of the scene where you know, Maverick's putting his um, jacket on and he goes to ride off on his bike, that he walked straight past her by like this much, um, which really made her day. But apparently she's been to quite a few of the after parties and, and things and got a limo courtesy of um, Don Simpson to some of the um, after parties and things. And she was saying, it's like, you know, it's a really, really good time. Um, as an extra fun part, a lot of memories, obviously the same as, as you guys have. But yeah, the, uh, they put an extra um, in the Admiral's car to um, to look after it to make sure nothing happened to it. And interestingly enough, what's the the car at the other end of the volleyball on that in the image, the red car? Uh, hold on a second. Uh, it looks like a like a '55 Chevy or something. Right. I've seen um, a video popped up on YouTube that that car is still owned. It was owned by whoever was um, at the Navy at the time, and he still owns it. And they're actually doing a full restore on it at the moment. It looks like they had a couple of muscle cars sitting out there in the parking lot. All right, so uh, any any memories in particular of any cast member that you want to go drink a beer with now? Yeah, I had a good time with Cruz. I took him uh, scuba diving down at uh, La Jolla. You did? How was that? It was great. He got cold, but uh, the water was cold that day. But, but the, uh, um, and after that, I got the invite to his birthday party. But, but I had just finished uh, getting my qualification before we go on deployment. And, uh, and so my instructor said, Hey, if I can come along, I'll bring the tanks and the equipment for, for Tom and, and, and I, if I can bring my group girlfriend along too. So it was the four of us. Uh, we met down there one Sunday uh, morning when there was no filming and we had a great time. Were you ever keeping contact with old Tom? No. Nope. Tom, you want to ride in the P-51? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Now Val Tom, looked like Tom. If you're listening, yeah, Val looked like he'd be a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, somebody had mentioned to me about um, uh, Slider that he, he probably wasn't a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, well, actually, I don't know was about you, Blitz, but most of the the crew, uh, most of the Navy uh, folks that were tasked to, to uh, be there for Top Gun. Was 
we didn't find him at all agreeable. I mean, he wasn't very friendly. Both of them. They were like... Jonah Rostovich. Do what? This is I made the statement there. that he came up to me and said, so when are you going to work it up to being a pilot and sitting up front? And I said, so when are you going to work up to being a leading man? Because <laughs> I mean, he had no clue, uh, excuse me, that, and they don't really talk about it in the movie, but there's more Rio admirals out there than Rio, excuse me, than pilot admirals because they all get out and go to the airlines. Right. And, uh, but I was a mission commander already, and I told you, too, that uh, the previous December, I had me and our couple people in our sister squadron, we had the first um, backfire bomber and intercepts of the West Coast Navy. And we spent a lot of time up at the Bering Sea and flying down the coast of the Sockland Islands, sitting under 747s because they had uh, recently shot down a Korean airliner with uh, 269 um, civilians that got killed. And uh, that's what we did. And plus we were spending uh, uh, four months at a time in the Indian Ocean. Right. And uh, we were not necessarily at war, but it was pretty exciting nine months being deployed. Oh, you guys. And, are busy. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so when it comes down to it, the everybody enjoyed the, the really the paramount uh, cast except the two. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, how was uh, Kelly? She pretty fun in the bar scene. You have uh, talked to her. We, nobody talked to her in the bar scene, but they used to go and party at my friend's place on uh, in Mission Bay, on Mission Beach. And we'd go to a bar in um, Grand Avenue, and, and I remember her giving me a $100 bill and say, go get a bunch of kamikazes, and we'd hand them out to everybody in the place. <laughs> and we were, ten of us were there, and it was great. It was fun. That's a good time, man. What's your favorite story that you tell people, vignette that you t you tell people about your time in the movie as as extra? Well, oh, you got the fact that they hang out at my friend's place and <laughs> Tom Cruise and everybody really. Yeah. And off the set, they were very personal, personable. Well, I had read somewhere that Tom Cruise stayed separate from where the all the other actors were at the hotel to to keep that i admit i'm not sure where he stayed but we aren't supposed to advertise so i'm not supposed to tell you where they stayed right <laughs> <laughs> some hotel somewhere right right on mission bay right you know we said that this is behind the scenes there's only so far i think behind the scenes we can go before, <laughs> Got before somebody ends up getting sued <laughs> well, <laughs> understood. Yeah, right. you know, I'm going to put in here questions. If people want to get questions, and they had, I think you answered this earlier. Why do they call it a tax trailer? But it's actually a combat training system. I think that's the acronym. Yeah. yeah, for the Navy on the West Coast, there's one up at Fallon, obviously. Yep. And then there's another one that's sitting out uh, just to the south of uh, Marine Corps Air Station, Yuma. Gotcha. And they're out at Hill Air Force Base, too. Yeah, but for the Navy. Yeah. Greg Aska, uh, I know some of you guys had to get a pick with a Playmate of the Year. I didn't know she was Playmate of the Year with Iceman at the bar scene. She looked like, she kind of looked like um, um, Lady Diana, you know. Is that who that is? That's what somebody wrote. I didn't, Greg know, wrote. I didn't know that was her. <laughs> you guys didn't realize that when you were in the bar, huh? Uh, <laughs> hey, I love this on. I hooked up with my current girlfriend because of the scene you guys made. Thank you. <laughs> that, hey. that, well, you, we know that Top Gun 
supplied the Navy basically didn't have to have a, a, a naval aviation uh, money for recruiting because Top Gun did it for several years. You know, that, that movie put oh, yeah. aviation. Well, well, it's 35 years later, and I got out of the Navy in 91, went in the reserves for eight years, and I was in, on Admiral's staffs and stuff. But I was in the airline business, and, and something on the bottom of my resume forever was that I'm one of the guys singing to Kelly McGillis in the bar scene. And that got me into more interviews than uh, probably anything that I ever did. And I got a math degree from the University of Colorado and a master's in operations research from the Navy Postgraduate School. I joked about this on the other session, but you see this picture right here. When I was in AI, the instructor, he was an NFO teaching the engines. He pulls the TV up, right? The little small TV with the VCR and he plays it and he points at you and he says, <laughs> that's me. I was in Top Gun. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So all these years I always thought, oh man, one of my instructors was in Top Gun. Yeah, and you come to find out it was you. you. <laughs> like, I guess, you know, in 1989, like I was a TAO on the Carl Benson. Yeah, well, he kind of looked like you, so you know, I guess I would run with that too. Probably uh, get me a lot of dates if if I kind of was your doppelganger. Back then, we weren't allowed to put stuff on our hair or anything like that because it's fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> fire hazard. So this is your view that you had sitting on the back of the F fourteen. Yep. And so they had to yep. have all the cameras over. So did they do the like the one shot from this angle, do all the shots, then they stop, break, put the cameras back the other direction to get the other shots? Did they do a lot of that? Do you remember? Uh, that's pretty much it. Well, they go 15 minutes and then stop for five and go again, and we kept sitting on the back of the Tomcat. Well, did you ever have uh, any of the crew come up and, and just like, hey, man, um, am I wearing my patches right? Did you, did you do this? No, just uh, – Tony Scott came up and said, how y'all doing? <laughs> you know, and I go, We're doing good, but we've never done this before. <laughs> I, I took Cruz aside one time and, and said, you know, to a Navy guy, you look really ridiculous wearing that amphibious ship patch on your flight jacket oh, yeah. because no, no Naval aviator would ever wear an amphibious uh, that's that's basically what a shoe would wear. None right. of us had that many patches. Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What's the shoe? Shoe was a guy a shoe right up there in the yeah. right hand corner. Shoe shoe would would be the guy. <laughs> the shoes are the guys that uh, drive ships. No, right. no, no, no. Qualify that. Black shoe was the ship drivers, and then to make yeah. us distinct. Naval aviators wear brown shoes. Brown shoes. And right. no kidding. Right. I mean, with I had they issued me when I left OCS, I, I had beautiful black leather shoes that, you know, polish and keep clean. Whereas the Navy we the don't wear black aviation shoes. had brown Corfan shoes that were beautiful as they came out. You didn't have to uh, polish right. them. So we weren't allowed to polish our flight boots either because that would have been a fighter hazard. Then my <laughs> yeah. XO said, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Show your shoes. <laughs> yeah, we did too, man. Hey, you walk into the squadron and XO would run around and be like, hey, Bell, what do you use a goddamn chocolate bar with those boots? Goddamn, go put some spit shine on that. Yes, sir. Well, there's two different navies. I mean, well, actually, there's four different navies. You got a brown shoe, you had aviators. And you had black shoes. That's two separate navies. Now, you also have an East Coast and a West Coast mentality. Two different navies. The West Coast Navy, special, especially uh, aviation, naval aviation, gets away with murder. That's it. We part, they partied hard on the West Coast. Whereas the East Coast, they had to stay in line because, you know, uh, most of our air bases are way closer to D.C. on the East Coast 
than they'd ever be in like San Diego, Miramar, um, uh, Alam, you know, so on and so forth. Anything on the West Coast was far enough away from from the brass that you could get away with it. Right, right. That's so why they held tail hook. Tail hook every year was also always. I didn't go, and you couldn't prove I went. So don't even bring it up. <laughs> you all know, might know what that's. You guys, you guys didn't have your. Oh gosh, I know. Hold on. Yeah. Oh there yeah. Wasn't there? Tail hook ninety one. Yeah, tail hook ninety one. Of course, as a C one thirty guy, this is what we sported. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course Marine Corps. You know, wouldn't it be Marine Corps if it wasn't one good deal after another, baby? I I was the the acting. XO of the F-14 rag when that, that went down and uh, we uh, when tailhook went down and the investigation started and I almost got I told him okay I will go over and the first one investigated since I'm the basically because the CO wasn't around so I went over there uh, and they had it had the IG ins- inspector generals, uh, two of them, a, a male and a female, waiting to interview. And I explained that I was there at Tailhook because I had to be. Uh, I was getting an award, and so they and the Navy actually paid for me to be there and flew me out there. And I said. And oh, by the way, this, the chief of naval operations was there because I shook his hand out on the patio and he always said he wasn't there. And then um, Paramount can't get us for anything in this. So <laughs> the Navy may, but, but the, then uh, the female investigator kept saying, basically saying that I was lying on four of four different statements, and I finally got so pissed off, I slammed my hands on the table that was in front of us, and said, "Lady," and she could. I said, because she had just said, "Well, we can get a, a lie detector set up in about fifteen minutes." That's when I slammed my hands on the desk, on the table, and said, "Lady, do it." And do it now because nobody has ever told me, questioned my integrity and told me I was lying so many times and still been on standing up. And that's nice. when the, and then the male guy came in and said, oh, that's okay, commander. We'll, we, we've got enough. We've, we've, we've got enough information here. We don't need any more. Well, but, tell, for people don't know, you can Google tailhook. It was a, uh, you're a hooker if you land on an aircraft carrier. And so it was a big convention that started out uh, many, many, many years ago. And kind of a, it was, it was a good time. I won't say that I was there in 1989 or anything like that, but uh, yeah, they'd fly C9s out and pick people up and take them out there. Yeah. Um, hey, I was going to Navy Postgraduate School at the time and they had a P3 pick us up and took us there. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Don't know. But if I wasn't there when all that stuff. Happened. Yeah, I wasn't there in '91 either. Uh, don't know if I missed this, but where was a bar karaoke scene located? Is it still around? That's a good it's question. On a lot of people said they were. They've been to the place where it was, and they don't know what they're talking about. Why? Because it was. I mean, it was. Um, they didn't know it was on El Cajon Boulevard. So, so was what? the bathroom scene filmed in there as well? Uh, did they use the that area for that bathroom scene when Maverick walked in? Because that looks like an old, crappy Navy building. Those doors, you know. <laughs> a lot of that stuff happened over uh, in Mission Valley. There's a swim center, and that's where they had the locker room scene. No, no, but I mean the bathroom scene oh. where he follows her into the bathroom. Oh. Oh. Yeah, long cruise, huh? And he's kind yeah. of pushing on the 
on the Formica table and you know it looks like a crappy navy I can't style bathroom that was filmed off offhand i've looked through that and i can't remember whether it's filmed just off it or in a different area completely and i've got the filming schedule on a on a pdf the shooting schedule pdf but there's like so many pages it would just take ages to skim through it well you guys didn't realize how how you were going to start um bar singing at karaoke and she's lost that loving feeling from that one scene did you <laughs> we didn't even know that that's what they were going to be saying <laughs> oh really that's yeah. just, that amazes me because everybody joins in and starts singing no so, who orchestrated no. i just happen to know the words you never close your eyes anymore and everybody kind of keyed in i just spent a couple years at sea playing my guitar oh that's funny <laughs> somebody asked regarding squadron patches uh, various designs done by someone then put to the squadron vote yeah i would say yes and then approved by the senior management such as co illegitimate non-connor brendan that one, they, don't let the bastards grind you down. Well, patches, patches were normally we'd we'd come up and the JOs would come up with something, design something that we could sell because it was going right. to make us money. Yeah. So it was, and as long as it wasn't going to get the CO fired, everything was going to be approved because it was a money maker. Funny, I was a coffee mess officer in VF-111, and um, what was I used to go and sell pictures for five bucks a piece at air shows, and I'd go and end up uh, getting T-shirts and sell them for ten bucks a piece, and um, that's how we paid for our hotel rooms in Bahrain. Uh, no, not Bahrain, in uh, uh, Perth, Australia, and Hong Kong, and that's what we did. And uh, I usually had 10,000 bucks in my safe on the boat. And what was funny is later on in my life, I was in the defense business and then the airline businesses. And uh, I worked on F-35 for a long time. I was sort of the coffee mess officer in Fort Worth with Northrop Grumman out of LA, but in Fort Worth and I, because of my experience in the airline business dealing with foreign customers, I dealt with a bunch of foreign fighter pilots and was taking them to Ranger Games and Billy Bob's and they'd go, you, you are not a Texan. No, I'm a Cal Floridian. I'm from San Francisco and raised in Miami and stationed in Key West. So, but I've been all over the place and I went to school in Colorado, but anyway, as the coffee mess officer, I mean, I've made a whole career um, coordinating engagements with Cafe Pacific, Aramaico, Mexicana, Alitalia, SAS, and that's what I did. I worked for Sabre out of Dallas. Well, you're not getting. Systems, I mean, flight scheduling system. You guys, you guys could only carry so much in F-14, but imagine a C-130. We go down to Insulate, we're in Chile. We went That's to the PX. We all, we all piled all our money together, and we filled <laughs> the entire back of a C-130. We bought every can of Budweiser beer and took it back to Churlu where we were, and we had the Brits and the Germans. And so you only had two choices, right? You buy that Turkish beer with the crap Turkish beer or a buck, of, a buck of beer for us. We bought an entire hotel in Siganella on the way home. And had a massive uh, debt party. Well, yeah. Well, I told you yesterday about when I was working on an F-35 and on the international program, Northrop Grumman made the simulators, and I was coordinating the engagements every six months for all the foreign customers to come in, and for like a four-year period. And uh, these guys, I won't get too into it, but they just said. Uh, I took a bunch of Danes and Dutch and Norwegian guys to a place called Edelweiss. And they said, what? Craig, we know you're German. Why the hell did you take us to a German restaurant? I go, shit, the Italians didn't mind. Poochie, my bad. <laughs> but anyway, and I'm half German, quarter Scott and quarter Manx. Isle of Man. That's why I got me green hair and 
manly instincts. <laughs> well, I, I made use of, of Paramount for my squadron because anybody on the West Coast knows where you go to get used, uh, once used uh, flight suits. And you, you'd go up to uh, L.A. to that Air Force Base up there, and you, if they have something that you can sign for, uh, you you get it. Oh, so, DMRO or whatever, Dormo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I went up there and got a tri-wall, and you know how big a tri-wall is. Uh, I got a tri-wall full of flight suits and made a deal with Paramount's guys who were um, you know, the, the folks that were, you know, coming, the ones that went over to the, the, uh, uh, PX and got the, the, um, ribbons. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the same guys wanted all these flight suits. So I made a deal with him and said, okay, you give my squadron five cases of Paramount t-shirts and, at least one case of, of ball cap, Paramount ball caps. I'll trade you. So just before we left on cruise, I showed up with all these cases for my my uh, my squadron, all my all my enlisted and so on and so forth, and just handed them out. Yeah, it was wow. great. I enjoyed it. Something that come back to mind and it's off the cuff a little bit, but dealing with foreign fighter pilots and domestic fighter pilots. Like I said, when I worked with uh, Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin on F-35 for four years and working in Northrop Grumman in El Segundo. And I'll never forget. Uh, and by the way, as a reservist in Fort Worth, I was, I spent six years on the Admiral staff of Nimitz and then was exo at third fleet's JPAC unit, and I had an F-16 simulator, an F-18 simulator, an F-14 simulator, and a C-130 simulator. So I'm in Fort, and excuse me, I'm in uh, El Segundo, and all these F-15 guys are trying to fly the F-18 simulator, and I go, they're trying to land on the on the boat, and I go, uh, y'all need some help, but you're just surreal. You don't know. That. Okay, hold on. Hey, put me on the cat. Okay, climb to 800 feet, come left, steady up 180 from the BRC, power up at 150 knots, go ahead, keep going. Okay, we're near the round down there, bring the throttles back, 22 degrees of an angle of bank, throttle back 400 foot per minute rate of descent. 90 degrees to go, power up, 200 rate of descent, keep it coming, keep it coming, coming, 45 degrees to go, nothing but boat, kaboom, and up the three wire. And you go, oh my God, how'd you do that? I used to have to do it with my mouth. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was like if you had a rough night with somebody. Talk them through, yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I have a question. Why don't we... Why aren't we showing the pictures from the graduation scene? Oh yeah, because there was a lot of. They ran over my leg with the cart with the camera on it. That's <laughs> why I wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the thing about it is the the admiral up at Miramar. He got in it. Yeah, yeah. And Wait a minute. Here we go. Here we and go. That is not yeah. something. <clears throat> That no, no, that's his little doppelganger. No, right. that was my that was my roommate. Yeah, he is about uh, two years. He was like two years behind me. He's a JG. Yeah, yeah he was a JG in that one, but he. And that's puppy to the right. Yeah, that's that puppy him? to the right. Yeah, and the admiral just screwed up his scene so bad right. he was completely cut out of. And he was a real admiral. And he was stumbling. <laughs> and who was not this? physically? Who was that guy? Peter. That's Peter. Who that was? Chuck Heater. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Heater. Heater. Okay. Yeah, I think actually that's the only pictures I have in our in our batch from the um, 
graduation scene. Oh, I sent you one last night. Oh, man. Guys, the, the Admiral that's actually in that scene, um, people notice him in the credits and they say, like, um, yeah, Admiral um, as himself. And people go through, like, yes. you know, well, where is the Admiral? Um, yeah. And he is actually in that graduation scene, and it's him just giving the tail end of that speech. As and it, it was he bad. Away from, from the podium. That's all we see of him um, in the movie. So I always thought he did a good job. There's a lot more to it. Well, I'm not, I'm not finding that email. I missed that picture. I'm sorry about that, guys. No, no big deal. Hey, so who was the one that told every JO has oh, a puck, a puck, a muck, an E, Navy Expeditionary Medal, uh, Humanitarian Service? Who did they copy that off of? Which one of you guys? Which one of you guys was the JO that had it? Because every single JO had that setup. Made me oh, laugh. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, I, I think you'll never that. you'll never <laughs> see me wearing that crap because yeah. <laughs> i just laughed i was like every jo and then you look at the senior guys all right so here's the dude that spilled the oh yeah himself, right he's like ready to fall over yeah and he's got <laughs> he's got the navy marine corps medal all right and then here's the captain in the elevator so they took his rack put it on his uniform said here wear this yeah so, it's kind of funny mm-hmm. well that, He's got a Navy um, Marine Corps medal too. I only I know Colonel Brian Palmer has a Navy Marine Corps medal, saved somebody's life, and they uh, it's a hard it's like peacetime silver star. Um, anyway, I was saying with the night we've got the uh, first backfire bomber intercept. We got medals for not starting World War Three. <laughs> here, here you go. I'm an F-15 maintenance officer here. Totally going to retell that story to my pilots. Uh, it's funny. Uh, About landing on the boat or what? Yeah, the F-15 guys trying to fly the simulator. Oh, yeah. And I got about 3,000 hours sitting behind pilots on the, in the F-35, and I'm not allowed to tell them how to do it. I go, break, 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 break. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on, no, guns, guns, guns. Oh my God. And the, and the Italians, it was really funny. Like I said, I was like the coffee mess officer. And they would bring like 15 officers to Fort Worth. And we'd be at Billy Bob's or when something. And they go, first of all, I want to tell you right now takeoff, cruise, landing, everything is just beautiful. We only have two problems, air to air and air to ground. And that's it. <laughs> that, was the that was the Italian guy? The Italian guys, yeah. That, that wasn't because, Mario Caruso, was it, by chance? Uh, I don't know. But they had uh, My roommate. a great, impressive staff of people, and they are really friendly to me. Well, guys, uh, we're actually coming up with about a minute left before we have to shut the show down and take a break. Michael, do you have anything that you want to add? Yeah, I want right. to thank both of you guys for giving up your hour on a Sunday and sharing these awesome stories. It's great, you know, to actually put the faces to the guys that are in the scene that we see that we probably don't recognize. We just look and see these guys in the background. Um, thank you for being part of this. Thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. It's It's been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry I talked so much, but uh, Shubo, Blitzman, you guys were awesome. And... Thanks for being a part of the Top Gun fan club movie uh, group, fan club group as well, because uh, your input and when people have questions, uh, it really helps out a lot. It's hard to believe it's 35 years later. 30. Until until we look in a mirror. (laughs) 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 Well, you guys are looking good. I have to shave now, by the way. I didn't have to shave back then. Well, you guys look great. And listen, anytime you come through Fort Worth, let me know. Uh, gladly take you out for an adult beverage and a ride <laughs> okay. in the tank. All right. Hey, listen, you guys have a great one. And hopefully you guys will be up for maybe coming back for another round two later on down the road. Something comes up. Definitely. All right. Anytime. Well, thanks so much, gentlemen. Y'all have a good anytime. one. Catch and until we, until we see you uh, next time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We've got the next session coming on in just a few minutes, and that's going to be segment three, Life Behind the Camera. This is going to be fun. This is going to be Frank and uh, Billy, and we bring those guys on 
to talk about um, Tom Cruise's bodyguard and uh, the executive producer's son for the movie. So thanks for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you in 15 minutes on the next link. Until then, you guys have a great one. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and tell people about our podcast. This is kind of fun. We're going to have a lot of more stuff down the road to help you out if you enjoyed this movie as much as we did. Once again, thanks so much.